Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter number 39. Really appreciated the music this evening. I don't know about you, but certainly feel the presence of the Lord here this evening. It's good to hear Timmy and Toby over there belting it out, singing. What a blessing. There was a young lady saved uh, this morning in, in junior church. And uh, I was doing a bus the bus count on the bus, I get on there and I take a tally and make sure everybody's there and I'm counting away. And uh, I, Donna led this little girl to the Lord and I'm in the middle of my count and she say, hey, hey, you, you. And I go, just one minute, let me, let me count. And she just kept screaming, hey, you, trying to get my attention, trying to get my attention. And I went back to her after I got the count and she goes, I got saved. People are still getting saved, amen. Girl on uh, Thursday night, got saved as well, uh, 10 years old, Kate, Caitlin McMillan got saved as well, so Lord's using what we have and, and using people, and we're seeing heaven get a little bigger. Uh, I, I actually find, found it pretty uh, interesting this morning, while walking in the church and just wa- watching people walk in with all the wind, and uh, from dismissal, from Sunday school, the kids got dismissed out of the gym, and they walked into the entrance of uh, the academy, it's about 20 feet, and it looked like they had just been in Sky Zone or on the behemoth, if you don't know what Sky Zone is. And uh, I don't have many days where I'm glad to be bald, but today is one of those days I'm glad to be a bald man. <laughs> Go over to Genesis chapter number 39. And in Sunday school with the teens, we've been looking at the life of Joseph and we've been just going uh, week by week and looking at his life. And over that study, I've uh, just wanted to bring out three things, kind of like a, a, just an overview in the life of Joseph, to look at three things in his life that I've taken from this, and I hope that it's a blessing to you this, this evening. Genesis chapter number 39, we'll start reading in verse 1. It says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer of, of his house, and all that he had put uh, into his hand. And it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in the house and over all that he had. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught what he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we give you thanks for today. Lord, we thank you that uh, you allowed the power to stay on this this evening. I know that there's many without power, but you allowed it to stay on, and you allowed us to be here. And Lord, I just ask that you continue to meet with us. Use me, Lord, to speak the truth. Use the Holy Spirit, Lord, to to get into people's hearts and to, to do the work that only you can do. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. 
We're just kind of going over the life of Joseph. And in verse chapter, uh, chapter number 37, it talks about Joseph. And at this time, Joseph being 17 years old, was hated uh, of his brethren. They hated him. He was loved of the father, highly uh, favored, in fact. Uh, I believe Joseph's brothers began to get jealous over that relationship that he had with the father. It's an intimate, special relationship as he made him a coat of many colors. Uh, His brothers hated him. They couldn't speak peaceably unto him. That hatred then turned to envy, and that envy then led to thoughts of murder. As they thought, uh, they would end his life as they saw him coming. Um, Instead of deciding to kill him, we know that the story, they, they threw him into a pit, and then they saw the Ishmaelites coming. And as the Ishmaelites coming, Judah had the, the idea, why don't we just sell him into slavery? And they did that. They, they sold him into slavery. He's then brought to Egypt, and we're here in chapter number 39, which I just read unto you. But I want us to, first of all, notice in Joseph's life, he, came, uh, he overcame difficulties through the presence of the Lord. We, we, we sung about that this evening, about the presence of God being with us. He will give us peace. So first of all, he came, overcame difficulties through God's presence. Uh, first of all, let's look at verse 1. It says this, of chapter 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of, the, uh, of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither. Now consider Joseph's situation here. He's sold into slavery. He was literally looked upon as an object rather than a human being. And uh, he had no rights. He had no, no, there was no reason why this could happen to him. And there was no reconciliation. It seemed like all hope was gone for Joseph. But it didn't end there. The Lord was with Joseph. We know the story. Could you imagine as being viewed as inventory rather than a person? Uh, as, as perhaps he was brought to the auction house and they're, they're now bidding on Joseph and, and they're trying to get top dollar. I could imagine it being almost like an auction. 10, 10, can I get a 10? 20, 20, can I get him 20? Maybe the Ishmaelites began to prod him. Jump a little higher. Uh, Joseph, flex your muscles. You're worth more than that. Keep going. And, and, and could you just imagine what Joseph was going through during this time? Consider his situation. It seemed like all hope was gone. But consider his company. Look at verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of uh, his master, the Egyptian. Consider his, his, his company. He, he had the Lord, the Lord with him. Although he had, you know, he was, he had no, his birthright was gone. His rights were gone. He had the presence of God. How do we overcome difficulties? When all hope seems to be gone, we've got the presence of God, the very near presence of God. Yes, even as a slave, the Bible said that he was in his master's house. He was a slave, but yet as a slave, we see him prospering. Why? Because the Lord was with him. It was obvious to those around him. Look at verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. It was obvious. He was living for God, and people saw it. He was living for God in the workplace. He was living for God even though he didn't deserve to be where he was, and people saw it. A pagan leader here, Potiphar, took note that God was with him. His master saw that the Lord was with him, 
and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. The, again, he, he took note that this was of the Lord's doing. Joseph had to present himself in such a way that he would reflect the glory to God as he said that the Lord did it. The Lord did it. And then we think about our workplace. We think about our family. We think about our friends. We think about circumstances that we are in. Do people see that the Lord is with us? It was obvious to those that were around him. A pagan leader took note that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. God's blessings to follow. We see in verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. And, he, and all that he did, he put in his hands. And it came to pass from that time that he made him overseer of the house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed uh, the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sakes. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. I find that interesting. How we see Egypt, a picture of the world. Egypt, a place of pagan worship. Egypt, a place that's pretty much godless. Yet we've got a Christian in the place. We've got a believer there with the presence of God on his life. And now we see God blessing uh, the work of Potiphar for Joseph's sake. Would to God that God would bless your workplace because of you. Would to God that he would bless your, your, your community. Uh, he would bless your family because you're full of them. Our family, our friends, our country, oftentimes I think, I think why, uh, why has God allowed us to have a harvest every year? Why has God given us an abundance of, of harvest, you know, here in southern Ontario specifically? Why has he allowed the, 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 the produce to flow and different things when our government and our people have vastly walked away from him? Could it be that there are some believers, some farmers that are believers on their knees praying and the blessings of God are just kind of trickling down upon us and upon unbelievers because there's a man of God in the place. Be that person today. Consider his calling. Go over to uh, verse 30, or verse 20. Now, we know what had taken place. He's, he's put into slavery. Uh, he's exalted. Uh, basically, he was in control of everything that Potiphar had. It, you know, Potiphar, you know, he didn't know much about his inventory, just what he had in his fridge, basically. And we see things are going good for, for Joseph. Things seem to be prospering. And God is blessing Joseph until he's falsely accused of something that he didn't do by Potiphar's wife. Put in the prison. Look at verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him in a prison, a place where the king's prisoners were, and bound him. And he was there in prison. And all hope was gone. Is that what it says? He was in prison and he gave up on God. He was in prison in a pagan land and uh, God seemed to forsake him. No, it says this in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Even in the prison, the pit, he had the presence of God. Whither shall I go from thy presence? He overcame those difficult times We don't ever see him getting bitter. 
We don't ever see him uh, backsliding. We don't ever see him giving up on God because he had the presence of God in his life. Verse 23 says this, and the keeper of the prison looked not at anything that he did uh, that was under his hand. Why? Because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper in the world's eyes. They look at Joseph and they look at him as a failure. Oh, Joseph, he's a slave and he's in prison. There's no hope. But in God's eyes, he was of great success. He was right where God wanted him to be. You think, why has God allowed this to happen? Why has God done this to me? I've heard it said once, all the what's and the why's are a risk until you meet the who. All the what's and the why's are a risk until you meet the who. Moses can relate to what he was going through. As Moses said in Exodus 33, 14, he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Moses was in the spot in his life where he said, God, hey, I'll take the journey, but if you're not in it, I'm not going. I'm not going. First of all, we see here that he overcame his difficulties through the presence of God. Man, don't we need the presence of God? Doesn't our nation, if they only knew what the presence of God, the Holy Spirit could do and help us and guide us and minister to us as as the Spirit works in and through to accomplish his will, they would do it. If the Holy Spirit could be bought, it'd be on back order, but it can't be bought. It was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Must come in faith. Secondly, Joseph knew his place. Now, we see Joseph in prison. We see him as a slave. Uh, then, he, then we see him exalted. And at this point, we'll go to chapter number 41. Now, Joseph has been in prison for two full years here. Uh, I know, you know, he, he interprets a dream and he, and he, about the butler and the baker. And that dream came to pass. And he has one request. He says, you know, uh, just remember me. Remember me. Don't forget me when you're free to make mention of me. Don't forget about it. And two long years had gone by. I'm sure he was in a spot of despair, despair perhaps, thinking, oh, man, that, that, that uh, butler will never remember me again. He won't. He, he, it's been two years. He's long gone. He's not coming back. Two, two long years had gone by, but Joseph knew his place. And look at verse 14. Now, God does a work in Pharaoh's heart, and he gives him this dream. And as a result of the dream, the butler then remembers after two years that Joseph can interpret dreams. Pharaoh then goes, he goes to all the Egyptians, or he goes to all the wise men of the land, and he seeks counsel for them. They couldn't, they couldn't do uh, what, what uh, Pharaoh was asking for this interpretation. So he then goes, in verse 14, it says, And Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came to Pharaoh, in unto Pharaoh. Now just kind of imagine this, if you will. Uh, two years in prison. It's telling us here that he had to shave and uh, uh, change his clothes. The conditions weren't very good. And in haste, those guards get into that prison cell. In haste, they, they take him and they, they bring him up and, and uh, for the purpose of interpreting this dream. Now, could you imagine being Joseph? Two years of no sunlight 
Two years of not much fresh air as he's brought up uh, into the level of the ground outside. Perhaps it was just amazing to feel the sun on his skin. Perhaps it was just awesome to be able to breathe in fresh air for the first time. Some of you uh, teenagers, you play video games all the time in, in the basement, or you watch a, or some, of, some people maybe you watch a movie, and then you, you go outside and it's so bright, and it's like, whoa, it's extra bright. Uh, could you imagine two years coming outside? Could you imagine uh, what he might have been thinking or what you might have been thinking if you were in this uh, position? I better, uh, here is my opportunity to be free. Oh man, I, I, I don't want to offend Pharaoh. I, I, don't, I don't want to say anything that might get him angry. Uh, maybe if he asked me something, I, I don't, but look what, it, look what it says here in verse 15. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream. And there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And look at, look at, look at this. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Wow. <laughs> Let's consider the situation here. Uh, you know, uh, jo- jo- Joseph, maybe, maybe you just want to sugarcoat it a little bit to get on Pharaoh's side. Maybe you want to say something that might put you in his favor, just in case he gets a little angry with you and sends you back into prison. No, he knew his place, and he was blessed because of it. Joseph knew his place. He said, it is not in me. Pharaoh, if you're looking to me, you're not going to find anything. God will. God will. He knew his place. He knew the, uh, the position that he should be in here, and it took great faith to say it. His place was not ahead of God's will. So sometimes it's hard not to get ahead of God's will. Sometimes we try to convince God of what we want to do. God, you want me to buy a Lamborghini, right? Uh, Imagine, Lord, the people that I could bring to church with a Lamborghini. It's a silly illustration. But oftentimes we, we get ahead of God. It's happened to me before, and oh man, you, your heart gets fixed on something, and you say, man, God, you want this, right? We try to convince God what's right. He didn't get ahead of God. He knew his place, but he didn't get ahead of God. Look at verse 33. Now, he interprets the dream. Uh, as he's interpreting the dream, uh, he then, in 33, is now after he interprets it, he's advising Pharaoh what to do. It gives him some extra advice in 33. Um, and it says this. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man, discreet and wise. Now, let's just stop right there. Let's say Joseph was wearing a brown robe with a black belt. Now, he, it says in verse 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look at a man, discreet and wise, and wearing a brown robe and a black belt. Is that what it says? No. And set him over the land of Egypt. Now, Joseph could have said, why don't you choose me? I've interpreted the dream. Why don't you choose me? But he's saying, Pharaoh, you need to make the decision to pick somebody as your advisor. You need to make the decision uh, on a person that could manage the seven years of plenty and be able to manage the seven years of famine. You need to make that decision. But he never overstepped God. He never overstepped. He said, me. I want out of prison. I want to be exalted. He never did that. He knew his place. He didn't promote himself. 
Jesus gives us a great example of that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane when he says, Father, if it be willing, if, you be, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus didn't overstep. Jesus knew the will of the Father and did it. He was selfless. His place was in line with the will of the Father. His place was in line. Now, we're going to kind of skip ahead, uh, and then we're going to go back to the next point, but let's go, let's go over to Genesis 50. Try not to get ahead of myself too much here. Genesis 50. I think with this in thought, his place was in, cli- in line with the will of the Father. So Genesis uh, 50 in verse 15. Now some time had passed. Um, Jacob had passed away, Joseph's father. And now we see uh, Joseph's brothers double-guessing double some things here with, as far as the power that comes with Joseph. Verse 15. And when Joseph's bre- uh, brethren saw their father was dead, they said, Joseph will pre-adventure hate us and will certainly requit us all the evil which we did unto him. In other words, the mercy, that little veil there of his father is gone. Now he can execute judgment. But look at what verse 15, uh, 16 says. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, thy father did command before he died saying, so shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did evil unto thee, and now we pray thee, forgive the trespasses of the servants of God, thy father. And Joseph wept uh, when they spake unto him. His place was in, cl- in line with the will of the father. When, when he hears their report, he says, your father's request was for, for, for you to forgive us. And this caused emotion to rise up in Joseph to stir compassion. And verse 19 says, And Joseph went unto them, or Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am, fear, fear not, for am I in the place of God. In other words, don't, don't be scared because, don't be, don't be afraid, don't be frightened. Because God is the one that repays evil. God, God is the one. In other words, he, he wasn't in the place he wasn't in that position to make that decision. That fall, fell under the hand of the Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Verse 20 says, As for you, ye thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. You see, he had a good understanding. He knew his place, and he knew the will of the Father that God had a plan. Now, it sure would have been easy. It sure would have been easy for Joseph to say, hey, you know, you want to kill me. You threw me in a pit. You ripped up my coat. You had the, deci- uh, the deciding factor to sell me as a slave, as a 17-year-old boy, your brother. Now it's time that you must pay. He saw God had a plan. He saw God had a plan. You say, why is God doing what he's doing? Why is God allowing this or allowing that? We can't see it all right now, but I want to encourage you. God's got a plan. God's got a plan for what's taking place. Lastly here, 
Go back to chapter 42. He also had good judgment. He had good judgment. So we're going back now, and the the brothers are instructed of the father to go over to Egypt, go get corn unless we die. It was a famine in the land, and if they didn't get this corn, their lives depended upon it. But we see in verse 5, And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brother brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. They knew not him. Now, could you, could you just imagine the flood of emotions taking place right there? Now, 13 years had gone by. 13 years of, of betrayal. And yet, there's a famine in the land, and he, he, he's looking out, and he's, he's ruler. He's one of the most powerful men uh, during this time, because he controls life, pretty much. And then, and then he sees those brothers coming. No, no that, that's not Simeon, is it? No, it, it can't be. He's still got the same shoes. Oh, is, is, that, is that Judah? No, and it was. And the flood of emotions that must be taking place during this time of, do I get back at them? They're bowing down to me. He's, he's beginning, starting off by saying, he spoke roughly un, unto them. But all that bitterness and all that anger changes in verse nine. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed unto them. See, it all changed. It all changed at this, at this time. He remembered that God had a plan. For 13 years, that, that dream, those dreams and visions that he had about the, the sheaves bowing down to him and, and the sun, moon, and the stars bowing down and him wondering, what, what does this mean, Lord? Will it ever happen? And it clicked right when they bowed down and he remembered. He remembered that God had a plan and it caused him to think differently. If we could remember the goodness of God, you start to get discouraged maybe. You start to feel sorry for yourself. Why don't you just remember that you're not going to hell? Uh, You start to feel a little discouraged, maybe a little depressed. Why don't you remember the day that you got saved? Remember that the chains are no longer there. Remember uh, what God has done for you. You ever discouraged or lonely, go to a nursing home. Look at the the old folks there. Uh, They just are joyful that somebody will talk to them. Think of where you could have been and, and realize where you are now and remember. I love that song, We Will Remember. And I love when it gets to the point when it says, I still remember the day you saved me. I still remember the work of your hand. Isaiah 46 and verse 9 says this, Remember the former things of old, for I am the Lord. There is none else. I am God. There is none like me. Psalm 20, verse 7 says this, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. 
Psalm 63, 6. We, when I remember thee upon my bed in the meditations of thee in the night watches. Psalm 77, 11 says this. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. You're discouraged. Just, just start to remember. Start to remember and, and to call into remembrance that God loves you, that God gave his life for you, that God saved you. So Joseph remembered that God had a reason for what happened. He had good judgment. But secondly, Joseph revealed himself when he knew his brother's hearts were in the right place. Now, some things take place. Let's go over to um, Genesis 44. Now, he has his brothers come. His brothers are lacking one person, and that is Benjamin, the only full brother of Joseph. I can't help but think that that uh, because Joseph didn't, or because Jacob did not send Benjamin, that there was perhaps maybe the love of the father that he had towards Joseph was then transferred on to Benjamin, because it even says in Genesis forty-two and verse three, but Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, lest preadventure mischief befall him. Perhaps that love in that relationship was transferred on to Benjamin. And perhaps, maybe, Joseph was wondering that same question. So he then sends them back. He, he takes Simeon as prisoner. He says, I want to see if you're a man of your word. Go back home, take the corn, and then come back with Benjamin. I want to see if you're telling the truth. They come back with Benjamin he gives them the corn again. He gives them what they want, but he, he, he tests or he, he sets up Benjamin. What does he do? He puts a, a cup in Benjamin's sack. They send him on their way. He then sends the, the, the horseman after to then look at who stole this. Of course, we know from the oldest, from the youngest, they search the bag. They find the cup in Benjamin's sack. I think it was a test to see if they really loved him, or if they still had hatred toward him for his favor. Um, if, they, if they didn't love him, if they, they didn't love him because he was uh, the object of his father's love, if they were jealous, they simply would have said, oh, Benjamin, you shouldn't have stole anything. It's your fault now, Benjamin. See you later. Well, that was easy. Didn't have to throw him in a pit. Didn't have to sell him. He's gone. But that's not what they do. Uh, look at Genesis 44 and verse 31. And it shall come to pass. Now, now, sorry, just to give you some background. They've taken Benjamin, and now their brothers are without Benjamin. Verse 31, it says, And it shall come to pass, when he seeth the lad is not with us, and that he will die, and thy servant shall bring down the gray hair of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For thy servant became surety for the, uh, for the lad unto thy father, saying, if I, bring not, uh, if I bring him not unto thee, then shall I bear the blame to my father forever. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to the Lord. And let the lad go up to his brethren, with his brethren. 
For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? Lest preadventure I see the evil that shall come uh, on my father. So Benjamin is talking here. Or sorry, Judah is talking here. Judah had the same, he was the one that suggested, let's sell Joseph into slavery. Let's sell him. Now we see Judah's heart changes to the point where he's like, take me instead. I will be the substitute. I will be the one that goes to prison for what he's done. Please don't don't send him. And, And there was so much care and concern wrapped around Benjamin here. It caused Joseph in in chapter 45 in verse 1 says this, and Joseph could not reframe himself before them that stood by him. And he cried, caused every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Verse 3 says this, and Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. You see, Joseph was testing his brothers to see the condition of their heart to, to see whether he would reveal himself unto them. He wanted to see if their heart was in the proper place. And then he would make himself known. You see, God knows our heart, doesn't he? He knows the amount of hair on our head. You all know the amount on mine. He knows our thoughts. He knows the decision. He knows the condition we're living in. He knows the situations that we're going through. And could it be that that? God wants to bless us and he wants to pour himself out to us and he wants to to work and do a mighty work amongst us but he he knows the condition of our heart and he's and he's not able to do such a thing until we get our heart right before him isn't that why revival doesn't happen because our heart is held back so many things get in the way of us and God But here we see that Joseph said, you know what? Until I know the condition of their heart, I will not reveal myself. And then he does when he finds that out. Joseph realized that the Lord was in it the whole time. If we continue on reading in in chapter 45 in verse 1, or verse 4, it says this. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me uh, hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Uh, he's He's telling his brothers, hey, guys, don't be mad. If anybody should be mad, shouldn't it be Joseph? I mean, he's the one being sold into slavery. He should be a little angry. But he's telling them, guys, don't, don't kick yourself. Uh, you know, don't get down in the dumps for what you did because God had a plan for it all. You see, Joseph had great judgment. He sent me before you to preserve life in a time of famine. And hasn't, hasn't God sent the Father to preserve life, to give life more abundantly? He come to seek and to save that which was lost And you say, well, I'm far beyond saving. Perhaps you're watching through way of internet or TV right now. You say, I'm I'm so far gone that God could not save me. I'm, I'm too sinful. Well, you're the perfect person that God wants to save because the Bible says, I am I I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Continue on reading. Look at look at verse 7. It says, and God sent me before you to preserve life. 
to preserve you a prosperity in the earth and to save your lives with a great deliverance. Can you say this evening that you got, if you got saved, God has saved your life with a great deliverance, a great deliverance. Oh, you're heaven bound. You're in the kingdom of God. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You've got the Holy Spirit. That was a great deliverance. There, there has no temptation taken you, but is such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation, also make a way to escape. In other words, a, a way to be delivered, that you may be able to bear it. He had good judgment. And Joseph never lost his vision. Look at verse 9. Haste ye, go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord in all Egypt. Come down unto me, unto me, tarry not. Still realizing God did it. God had a plan. God had a purpose. God had a reason. God has a reason for what we're going through. God, God can make a way. He never lost his vision. Even though he was the world's, probably the world's most powerful man during this time, he never ceased to remember what God had done. So Joseph, just, a, just an overview of Joseph's life. It, it's good to be reminded that there isn't a place that we can't go that the presence of God won't reach. Our place should be Godward. Um, just like Joseph, uh, not, uh, not ahead of God's will, but in line with it. And if you do those two things, how could God, how could you not have good judgment? Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the life of Joseph, Lord. And just as we remember all that God has done, as we see the, from start to finish, we see your hand in, in Joseph's life. And we could see that, Lord, because it's written. But maybe, maybe there's, there's somebody here right now that they, they're just kind of in the middle of their book and they don't really see the, the end right yet. May they be reminded, Lord, that you're in it, that you'll bring them to it, you'll bring them through it, through the present, through your presence, through your guiding, and through your help. Help us, Lord, to, to be able to discern, to judge between good and right, between evil and, and good, between God and the devil in this day that we're living. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet, maybe. You say, the Lord spoke to my heart. You want to come up to this altar and pray. Say, Lord, give me good judgment. Help me, Lord, to, to make good decisions. Maybe there's somebody here this evening that's not saved. Not necessarily a gospel message this evening, but say, I'm not saved and I'd like to be. I'd like to, to, to give my life over to God and get saved. Is anybody like that this, this evening? Say, Brother Cody, pray for me. I'm not saved, and I know it. The Lord's been dealing with my heart for many days now. I'm not saved. Anybody like that? I'd like to pray for you. I'm not saved. Here's my hand. Pray for me. Do business with the Lord as he leads.